0: Dragon Quest 9, Sentinels of the Starry Skies.
1: Customize your own unique hero and experience an unforgettable adventure. Recruit new adventurers to your party or connect over local wireless with your friends. To slay the most impressive monsters or complete challenging quests and dungeons.
0: To learn more about Dragon Quest 9, visit dragonquestnintendo.com, Nintendo DS, everyone 10 plus, content rated by ESRB, alcohol reference, animated blood, comic mischief, fantasy violence, mild language, mild suggestive themes.
1: listener to our podcast jeff and rick present unpacking the power of power pack where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer
0: analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol i am jeff and i am
1: I'm a bug-eyed rick come and knock on our door come and knock on our door we've been waiting for you we've been waiting for you where the kisses are hers and hers and his random banter or two random banter time buddy talk to me tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today i kind of feel you may be a couple of issues
0: too early for that random banter I will use it again, I will use it
1: again, if it comes right on up, if it comes right on up, I will recycle bits that I have done, because that makes it easier to do, because I don't want to have to put the effort in. All
0: right, nice nice to know that you are giving (laughs) zero effort to our award-winning podcast.
1: (laughs) We have not won any awards.
0: We have not won any awards. What is wrong with you people? You must... Put us in for some awards. I know there's
1: awards out there we can win. We
0: have Uh, to be (laughs) the
1: best Power Pack podcast there is. And conversely, sadly, we are the worst Power Pack podcast there is. So I know there's room to improve. And we can only fall down. It's a terrible slot that we're spotted in. So sad. I gave myself a selfie yesterday. That's like an award. You gave yourself a selfie? Yes. Okay.
0: I I gave myself a high five for mowing the lawn, finishing mowing the lawn 30 minutes before it started raining. So I think I succeeded on that one.
1: Oh, cash that check, man. That is awesome. I, on the other hand, got screwed over because I wanted to go out and do some transferring of a car seat from one car to another. And every time I was trying to go out, I'm like, it's dry right now. I need to go transfer this stuff around. It's dry right now. I need to go now. I need to go now. And I get held back until I finally got out there. And as soon as I walked out the door, boom, rainstorm. I'm like, son of a Gone! So I failed my adulting high-fiving, so I didn't get one.
0: Nelson just kicked in your door and said, Ha ha
1: ha ha." Very much so. Well, what you been up to other than uh, mowing the lawn out of the rain?
0: Well, today, I'm taking a little time out of the day. I have spent it all with my daughter, and it's near the end of the day when we're doing this. But today is her birthday. She's now 12. Happy birthday,
1: Carrie! Happy birthday!
0: And I bring that up just because... We, we have been playing Stardew Valley and we kind of finished that, our third or fourth run through of that game. And we said, we need a new game. And so I said, your birthday is coming up. What game do you want to play? And we decided on playing Minecraft because apparently it's 2012 and not 2022 anymore. <laughs> so we have been playing Minecraft and I am neck deep in it. I, I am all on board with it. It's all about what can I build? What is the longest... Tr- minecart thing I can build. I want to <laughs> geek out on this Minecraft. I get it.
1: I've never played, but I have sure watched a lot of videos about it. Yeah. It's yeah. it's interesting. It's neat. I yeah. dig on it. Dig on it with no firsthand knowledge, but totally dig on it.
0: But uh, the best part about it is it's something that my daughter does like to play with a couple of her friends. And she kind of said, she, she came back home one day from our friend's house. She goes, I was playing Minecraft with my friend and I'm really not that good at it. So it's mm. nice that I can help her improve her skills a bit on it. <laughs> and at the same time, I get to play too. So we we cool. kind of have fun playing it together. And yep, 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 yep. So my daughter nice. had a very nice day today. We, we went out swimming at the swim park because my daughter has a winter birthday. And so mm-hmm. we are doing indoor activities. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's what we have been up to geeking out on a geeky property and celebrating my
1: daughter's birthday. Very nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for a happy birthday wish for me. I will. I will. I will. How about you? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. We are vacationing right now. Actually, we're abroad. I, I, ju- I just popped back uh, into the homestead to be able to record because I am vacationing in exotic three exits down the highway from where I live. We have been driven out of our house by the remodel because we got a, a stain guy who, we've got a lot of wood in the house and he's doing staining and finish coating and stuff on that. And it's so stanky that the night after he started, Hillary woke up in the middle of the night and couldn't escape and had massive headaches. So in the morning, she's like, we're going to a hotel. We will leave when, we will leave the hotel when the house isn't rank anymore. So it's like, okay, I guess we're going to the hotel for a couple of days. He was supposed to finish on Friday, but we got garage door guys coming in. And so he came in and he was like, yeah, I need to work where they are, but they need the space. And also, if I do the work I need to do, they will drop this job. They will leave the site and not come back. So I'm going to leave and I'll come back Monday, Monday. So we are in a uh, exotic 10 minute away hotel for the foreseeable future until he wraps up what he's doing so that we can move back home. In the meantime, I'm like, since I'm 10 minutes away, I'm like, I'll just come back and record at home. I'll move some tarps because the entire inside of the house is covered with tarps and drop cloths and protective paper and doors are, taped shut it's just everything is just kind of like this is totally discombobulated but that's the world i'm living in however i did go swimming with my daughter today as well we have an indoor pool and a hot tub at the place that we're at so the pool is not heated and is an iceberg but there is the hot tub so we go from the hot tub and we'd bake for a little bit then it'd be like all right let's get out after a little bit to go cool off and we get in the pool and then be like that's really cold walk around for a bit go back to the hot tub because apparently you're not supposed to boil children
0: we had a nice little room set up at the aquatic center that we had our daughter's birthday at. Mm. And we started off at there. We had some cupcakes and the girls sat around chit chat, chit chatted as all tweens do. We're like, okay, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. pool's going to open up. So we'll head out there and go to the pool. My wife stayed back and she was staying in the room, kind of putzing around, cleaning things up. At one point I got out of the nice heated, very steamy Aquatic Center pool, and walked back to the room, and walked into the room, and realized that that room was set at seventy degrees, and I <laughs> froze. It was amazing. Yeah. I walked into that room, and I was like, "What just happened? What? Did my body just stopped." <laughs> my funny. wife was looking at like, all that cold?" But- <laughs> my wife was looking at me. "What's the matter with you?" I'm like, "I am dying. This is cold." <laughs> She's like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> Yeah, anyways, okay, enough of this. Let's not talk about cold, cold water. Let's talk about the cold, cold embrace of space with this issue. But before we do that, Jeff, give us a 2 cents replay of what happened
1: last episode. Silver Surfer discovered the dead and buried corpse of a future Galactus in Reed's backyard, so they pack up with the big G and go to New World to let them find out what happens when you mess with any version of the Hungry, Hungry Planet Eater. Meanwhile, Sue is on a diplomatic mission to parlay with Namor, ruler of the modern-day Atlantis, and the tribes of the recently rediscovered Old Atlantis, where she observes the abs of Abslantis murder one of the opposing undersea kings, because THAT is what you get when you mess with the Speedo son of the surf! Now that the, oh, and while Ben Grimm is transformed into his original human flavor form, Annihilus' Earthside cult is going to attack the Baxter building to open up the gate to the negative zone. Two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Why don't you reach on into that
0: bag full of smelly, smelly stain, and I'll tell you what your beer
1: choice is for the evening. Well, I see a price tag and a silver line of the can, so let's spin it a little more. Okay, it's from Portland Ruse Brewing, and it is called Reverse World. (laughs) It's American-style India Pale Ale, and that's great. It's a blue uh, label on it, and it's got some old walking robots, the old wind-up ones from, like, the 60s. That's really great. It's got the classic robot one in the middle, and then a couple of others that got big googly-eye goggles and little clamper-clamper-clamp-clamps. Yep, the story time on this is... A classic example of a bright and balanced IPA brewed with a sturdy malt bill to hold up the mounds of Oregon-grown Centennial, which might be something Rick is going to talk about. That
0: that was exactly what I was going to say. I'm also going to say that this is 7% ABV, and I've kind of got an embarrassment of riches with this book. I've got a lot of different things I could have picked a beer on. I found one called Reverse World. It's more of a future world we're going to, but, you know, it's New World, it's Earth with people on it. And I just thought, ah, reverse world, because, you know, it came about because they killed a future Galactus. (laughs) This is bizarro land, baby doll. So that's why I chose it. I thought it was going to be an interesting, interesting name for us.
1: No, and the, the beer totally works because reverse world, new world. Also, it's got the robots in it and Galactus has the Ultron AI world get caught in his gravity well of a spaceship and Reed's old girlfriend's in it and she's now a robot lady and all sorts of stuff.
0: There's a lot of things on here. This is your classic old American pale ale. It is kind of golden, kind of clear. It's got a pretty neutral smell or it might just be all the candy I've eaten today has finally caught up with me. But it is... I don't know pretty tame as far as an IPA goes.
1: Yeah, the smell is very mild IPA and the taste is the taste is kind of a malty IPA. Yeah, it's mellow. It's very mellow. It's very mellow. It kind of has those dank fruit notes that we've had in some other beers but on a lesser degree so that malty basement old fruit flavor. It's crisp, mm-hmm. but it's a little dank. It's gosh, it's going to rank right up into fine world with me right yeah.
0: now. <laughs> the thing is is that it's not bad. It's an enjoyable beer. I think that the taste yep. is nice. It's not very hoppy. I think it is malt forward, which is always nice. It was brewed with a sturdy malt bill, which I oh, think I can definitely yeah. taste. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's got uh, it's a little hazy. So, you know, it's a little hard to see through. it. It's, you know, translucent, semi-transparent. Yeah. I think it'll be a fine,
0: fine beer. To drink while we talk about Fantastic Four. But we can only do
1: that if Jeff tells us the opening credits. So Jeff, if you please. Fantastic Four, issue number 586, February 2011, World Eater. Writer, Jonathan Hickman artist Steve Epting, letterer Russ Wooten, colorist Paul Mounts, editor Tom Brevoort, editor-in-chief Joe Casada,
0: featuring the Fantastic Four, with Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Human Torch, and The Thing, guest starring Silver Surfer, Galactus, Submariner, Andromeda, and the Future Foundation, Alex Power, Valeria Richards, 32, Artie Maddox, Dragon Man, Tong Turg, Kor, Mick, Bill, Wu, and Franklin Richards. Two-sentence replay pop quiz, hotshot! Where is everyone? Reedus cross the universe with Galactus, Johnny and Ben are watching the kids at the Baxter building, which is about to get overrun by Arthusians, and Sue is under the sea,
1: watching Namor kill one of the three leaders of Old Atlantis. Ah, you were listening. Good times. Well, let's chat about this Regicide, shall we? Namor killed King Uluhar and is now surrounded by the Old Atlantean Royal
0: Guard while Sue is trying to regain order. It is not unlike that Cheers episode where they are having Thanksgiving at Carla's house and they are about to start a food fight and Diane tells them to stop this immediately.
1: Except instead of mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce, we have tridents and
0: axes. Precisely. One of the leaders of Old Atlantis reminds Sue that Namor is outmatched and he, uh, what's the term, just killed our king. So yeah,
1: we are gonna kill the guy. But let us not forget that Namor would never, ever fail when his kingdom is on the line. <laughs> Wait a minute, I love Namor, but dude fails all the time. But not when he can succeed with cunning and surprise. Boom! Cause this was all a setup and his modern Atlantean forces start to attack the meeting place. Nice. Now, the Yuhari,
0: Karate, and Mala have made it to the find-out phase after the, er, uh, messing with Namor phase. They realize that they are all about to die. But Sue Richards reminds us all why she is the best of the four. She covers the entire meeting place in a force field. Meanwhile in space, home of the fighting physics,
1: the waiting, which is the hardest part, is over. The Chrome Cruiser has returned with a couple of familiar faces, Alyssa and Ted Castle. (laughs) Ah, Cute! Um, who are these people? Well, Ted is the guy who created New World, a place he set up to save humanity because he thought Earth was doomed, and Alyssa is Reed's old girlfriend. Or not. This is the persona of that woman, now in a Synthesoid robotic body! Ah, okay. Creepy. So, because
0: they're responsible for New World, Galactus wants them to go on this little trek. Hey, do you hear that creepy haunted house music?
1: Yeah, it is almost like they should run. But where would they run to?
0: Fourteen hours later!
1: Well, that was one way to show the passage of time. Sorry, but there's no propellers to stare into on Galactus's ship. Speaking of the big purple helmet guy, he seems a bit fascinated at the occupants of the planet. Apparently, the advanced time that we have seen occurring over a few issues has advanced this planet so far that they actually have all of George R.R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire books. Oh, and there's also a nearby planet entirely composed of sentient AIs. I am sure that those two are somehow related. No time to check out AI World, Dr. Jones. Bigger fish to fry. The Big G and the rest of the crew of the HMS Galactus moves closer to New World. Meanwhile on Earth... Home of the fighting shouty
0: jerks. Okay, the Church of the Anti-Priest has determined that now is the time and gives his best metal face as he screams, sings, Make way for the Master!
1: Pretty sure that he did not sing it like that, but it was effective, because an alarm goes off the Fantastic Four headquarters, interrupting Ben and Johnny's quiet afternoon game of Go Fish. The Code Red alarm is
0: not the alarm that Johnny is cheating, or a call for Mountain Dew, but that there is an incoming teleportation, followed immediately by a black-clad humanoid's pop-plop-duping
1: into the room. Pop-plop! Nope, that is what I said. As the non-thingified Ben starts taking punches, he tells Johnny to check on the kids, which brings us to the Moloids, who are scared and trying to talk to the giant flybug things that have them cornered about themselves. They are doing this because they read in a book that a personal connection is the mortar used in building all relationships. The Big Bad Bug Bully's response
0: to them and their intellectualization is insectoid gibberish
1: and hissing. Hmm, looks like terror and prepping to eat some people is the personal connection that they use to build relationships. Luckily, Alex has snug up behind the
0: intruders with some of the other kids and waves his hands at the Cronenberg rejects.
1: Slunk! As a horrified Johnny appears, worrying about Alex's apparent casual relationship with murder, Alex explains that killing these invaders is not a big deal. Because look, these things are not human, but big bug things! And that's the excuse he's using as to why he just separated their heads from their bodies with his gravity powers. I am both proud and alarmed at the same time. Well, Johnny is just alarmed. He recognized these bugs' things. In fact, he used to date one, after all. They are the ones that infiltrated the Negative Zone. And it looks like this is an all-out invasion to do the same thing. That's
0: okay, as long as all the kids are okay and here and not near the lab, aka the entrance to the Negative Zone. Has anyone seen Val and the rest of the kids? Ooh, 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 yeah. Franklin saw them earlier. And where were the children at? Uh, They were on their way to Reed's lab, the one with the entrance to the negative zone in it, obviously. Yes, obviously. Meanwhile on New World. Home of the Fighting Cosmic. Galactus surveys the new planet and wants to know what the heck
1: happened here? Apparently, 500 years ago in the future, or a future, our sun fails and people started to die. They somehow used the future Galactus to power a temporal escape portal, and they used it to come back to this day and age. Fair enough.
0: But now Galactus wants to know if Reed can prevent this, or does Galactus need to bring out the
1: Earth cookbook again to prevent this alternate future? Reed thinks back to his time exploring alternate universes with alternate hymns, talking about alternate ways to save on alternate car insurances. You are an idiot sometimes. But it is true that Reed
0: taught Reed that in 15 minutes, Reed could save 15% on his car insurance. Thank you. Reed
1: says he has ways to fix things for the planet. This is good, because the Big G has decided to allow him the opportunity to do that. But now he's a little hungry and has decided to try out a new snack he just discovered. While it may seem cruel, we need to remember
0: that the people who came to New World did so by killing Galactus. And he is a petty purple-plated person pertaining to his premeditated premature posthumous
1: position. Well, Reed and Ted find this to be bogus, and they are not going to just sit and let this happen. They're going to try and evacuate the princess and everyone else they can. And, lucky for them, Galactus isn't going to try and stop them. But, unlucky for them, Galactus isn't going to stop what he's doing either. So, the excellent race at the buffet table is on. Party on, Reed! Meanwhile under the sea. Home of the not fighting mermaid.
0: Sue has been holding a force field around this meeting spot for a long, long time. Like a day or longer long. All in the hopes that the old kings can somehow talk Namor into stop being so Namory.
1: Good luck to that, because they've had no luck so far. So she asks to see him.
0: Namor starts by trying to charm Sue Richards. And it doesn't work. So he tries to give her a history lesson. These old Atlanteans are from a dark and more murderous time. Unlike Namor's murder, it's more murdery. Namor's people defeated these races and banished them from their records, only telling the royal line how bad these bad guys
1: actually were. Sue points out that people change, but Namor shows her that they are still following their old playbook and that she has been sucked into it by becoming their ambassador. Oopsies! Yeah, oopsies indeed, because Namor is sure that they are going to try and use her, and, well, then kill her. Now that's just awkward. And speaking of awkward, insert transition. Tired of the mean usual, huh? Yeah, back at the old HQ, Ben, Johnny, and all of the kids are in the lab. Johnny is using fire to keep the hordes at bay, while Val has made Ben a BFG out of some spare parts, and Bentley has built himself a bomb. Well, neato! Or to quote Ash... Groovy. Move aside, children. Daddy gonna work.
2: Zoop, zoop, zoo, zoo, Zack!
0: As Johnny checks in with Val about locking down the portal, another bug pops in and attacks our young little girl. Both Johnny and Bentley react. Bentley does so by kissing his mom, telling it he loves it, and using it to blow up the bug. Okay. Johnny and Val have a moment where Johnny asks about how strong the shielding on the door to the negative zone is. Like stronger than bubblegum in the hair level? Val assures him that it is stronger than that. It's strong enough to keep out the intruders unless, you know, they do something completely
1: unexpected. Do you mean like swarming the door, fusing together, and exploding simultaneously?
0: Ba-boom! Yeah, something like that is pretty
1: unexpected. Yes, it was. And that's the ball game, folks, as bug monsters of all shapes and sizes start to storm the castle it's never kittens, then never overwhelm
0: us with kittens. Why not? All right, let's move on to the themes of the issue. Shall we? Let's talk about these covers. And I say covers because there is a lot of covers to this. Well, a lot. There's three covers. Um, <laughs> there's actually the <laughs> main cover and then the two <laughs> covers that are part of the series that we've been talking about for the prior issues. And we've got the the alternate cover B, which is fantastic for And we see Etty. So we see part of an E, the E, and T-Y. And that's by Steve Epting. And the other one's by Steve Epting, too. And it's a human torch. It looks it actually almost looks like Reed Richards Human Torch. It, yeah,
1: uh, I know. It's almost like a Reed Richards, and it, yeah, the word on top of that says on. And then th- then there's a guy on fire, so it's on fire. Reed's on fire! Yeah. Danger! Reed's on fire! But the main cover
0: is uh, pretty cool, and this one's it by is. Alan Davis, Mark Farber, and Javier Rodriguez, and this one is in space on Galactus' ship. It looks like Galactus yeah, is at his controls, and he's fighting with Reed Richards, which is Pretty hilarious, because Reed Mm -hmm. is just all stretched all around him. He's just spaghetti all around him. And Galactus kind of has his hand up like this, (laughs) and Reed's pulling against him. It's pretty cool looking. It's Uh, a good looking one.
2: It is inaccurate,
1: but it's pretty cool looking.
0: Yeah, this is... What kind of is leading into the ending of the book, maybe, but Reed's not fighting with Galactus. He's like, we got to go and save everybody on planet. No time yep. for you. Buh-byes.
1: <laughs>
0: it's the mental fight that they're having in this, they, this book.
1: There is a little mental fight going on. It's kind of interesting to see that where Reed's doing his little dig in fight things. They're kind, of, They're still kind of parrying back and forth a little bit but very, very, very minorly in their kind of mutual respect. And also, yeah, we got other fish to fry. Let's just move on with it. So all of this is going up into next issue where we are going
0: to have the the, the last issue of this run is going to end with somebody in the Fantastic Four dying. And they're setting it up pretty well because they have really split the Fantastic Four into three sections. They've also put Ben in a position where he's... More vulnerable than he's ever been. Mm -hmm. So Ben's in a vulnerable state. Him and Johnny are fighting this onslaught of bugs. Reed is trying to save a planet, and he's up against Galactus. And Sue is... She is the stopgap between an unreasonable namer and a bunch of old kings who are, have their own level of politics. And she's the only thing holding these together. They are all kind of separated. And the worst thing that can happen to any of them could happen. So yeah, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. So it, it's, it's kind of nice. I like how they do split this up. I think that this is a good. Final setup issue. This is a probably a little bit down a level from the last couple of issues we've seen, but it's really soft playing what's coming next. This is just taking all the pieces into their final positions before next episode issue. So it's not great, but I think it's a good story and I think it's a good continuation of what's going on. It's, there's a lot of stuff that's in here and it's really hoping that you are following along with a lot of stuff that's happened before about how we ended up here. And I think they've given enough clues throughout to really guide the readers along. But that's
1: my thought. What's yours? I agree. They really have. Because a number of issues ago, it might have been six or something, where they yeah, were talking, here's New World, and now this is happening, Castle built this stuff, and Moya... Number 20,000 or whatever. You know, it it had a lot of info, including the AI planet of Ultrons. The Ultron Collective built a planet, Planet Ultron, and everything is tying together. Everything's kind of getting pulled all into the same... Some are getting pulled into the same spots. Others are just happening at the same time. So, yeah, Galactus in this even said, hmm, a convergence. Which is the whole thing that's been going on for several issues as is they're talking about this convergence. Old Atlantean tribes, the Annihilus wave, the everybody is all popping together. It's all converging at the same time. It's it's interesting. It really is. It is very much a setup issue. Yeah. It's pulling some veils off the eyes, it's explaining some stuff, it but it is setting up for boom, New world's gonna be destroyed and eaten by Galactus. Boom, we gotta save some people. Boom. Namor is going to do genocide on three races that just got rediscovered because that's what needs doing. Boom. Annihilation wave is coming. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot happening. It's that snowball that's going to cause the avalanche point right now.
0: Let's go ahead and talk about each one of these things, I guess. Sue and the Atlanteans. Sue is just... She's hanging on.
1: She's, she's, she's holding on. <laughs> yeah, she really is. She's uh, kind. She's in charge of the situation right now because, and it's not just a force field over a meeting place. She has like a force field over a small township kind of thing. It's, yeah. just, underwater. it's an underwater. She's like protecting a Hilton or something along those lines. There's a big space that she's protecting and has been all day. While this is going on, there's not fighting going on inside. There's, you know, Namor ships outside that were bombing the place, but she's, They're out of commission now because they can't get through the force field, but nobody inside is fighting, although they have captured Namor, but they haven't said explicitly, like, we've killed his guard, we've been torturing him. It's just like, he's just being unreasonable. He doesn't want to not kill us. She's on a diplomatic mission, and she's just like, our diplomacy is no, 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 no. But it's all all external, though. She's just keeping
0: Namor's forces from destroying him on the inside, but that's also... She's kind of keeping the peace there, too. And everybody's yeah. in stalemate.
1: Yes, she is stalemated them very well. But keep in mind, it's not just keeping, keeping the people from getting in. Because she even said she's like, nobody's going to get in and nobody's going to get out. Yeah, she has locked everyone down. It's a big holding pattern. She is, she is Sue Stalemate Storm.
0: And she's one of the few people that can talk to Namor as
1: well. So Yep. Yeah, because Namor's not gonna just go like, hey, I need you unconscious right now so that my forces can blow up this thing. Don't worry, I'll probably protect you. Punch. He's not gonna do that.
0: No. And he's also explaining to her exactly how big of a mistake she made. Mm-hmm. Early on, she thought it was an honor, and she thought that she could really move peace along by being named the ambassador to these Atlanteans. She thought, sweet, great, I can do this. But Namor's coming in and saying, yeah, you kind of messed up here. You don't know their history. They use their ambassadors as pawns that they expect to kill them. Mm-hmm. Th- that is your role, is you are to be sacrificed. And that is their normal way of doing business. You
1: don't understand these people. I do. But the frustrating part on that is he has this error of superiority about it because it's like, you don't know. And it's like, nobody knows Namor. You're telling us this was information that was erased from history and only passed down in your very hidden book of Kings. Yeah. This is a generational from regent to regent, kind of like, and here's some information that only you will know.
0: To be fair on on, a Namor side, this is what he does. He continually Fights to save his kingdom, and he has to fight everybody. And here's just a new batch of fools for him to go up against. Yeah, a so new old batch. This, yeah, this <laughs> is his. This is not his first rodeo, and he knows things. And he doesn't tell people things because that's his only power that he's got. And little ankle
1: wings, cute <laughs> hey, little ankle wings. He's got that power too.
0: Yeah. Now we have Reed and the New World, and. This is what Reed wants. Reed wants to be able to be put in a position where he's got to try to save a world. Mm -hmm. He's always trying to save Earth, and now he has to save this pseudo-Earth that's out there. He has so much intelligence and so much experience of working with all these alternate universe Reed Richards, and he thinks he can solve all of the world's problems, and now he's put it to the test with it. Yes, I can save earth i can make sure that this future where galactus you are not killed to populate this planet and now he's got to save the people on this planet this is what he does
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> this is his thing yeah he's been training for this day his whole life yeah 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 i don't think he's gonna save the planet i think it's getting it i think yeah, he might it, be able to save some new worlders yeah, maybe
0: that's pretty much what he's gonna do is he wants to save as many people as he possibly can
1: Ain't going to be as many it. as he
0: hopes for, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Ben is still human. Uh, yep. He is in the middle of this week-long period of time that he's human. So he needs to step up and he needs to be armed. Mm-hmm. And he gets yeah, armed he ne- by Bentley he needs- and Val. Yeah, Bentley
1: <laughs> and Val. He needs assistance. He really does. But he still steps up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets a big gun and he shoots people. Yes, he does. He also yeah. punched some, some dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So he punched some dudes and then shot some guys. Turns yep. out, all bugs, so it's okay for murder.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Alex Power, for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's probably going to come up later.
0: <laughs> Alex finally shows up, and he mm-hmm. shows up to rip bugs apart because they're bugs. Not that he doesn't have experience with aliens. aliens. And, and that there are some good <laughs> aliens out there. He has just yep. drawn the line in the sand that said, nope, these are bugs. Yep, it's it's time for Raid. Yep, like I said, this might come (laughs) up later. (laughs) But to be fair, I am going to go on Alex's side here because I'm like... Oh, I'm not against it. No, he's got to just be like, all right, these things are not stopping, so let's just deal with the problem. Mm
1: -hmm. It still did not seem very Alex-like, but...
0: Yeah, but Alex is the person in charge of a bunch of kids, and I'm sorry if Bugs Advancing... Mm-hmm. And a bunch of kids, and I've got the power to squish, squish, squish. Let's do the squishing.
1: No, I get uh, it. I will sort out the morality issues later. I I do get it. Trust me, I get it. It just seemed kind of out of character form, just due to the sheer amount of alien interactions that he's had throughout his life, and also that oh, I gravity them away, or you know, punch them with gravity, or blah blah blah. As opposed to, uh, yeah, I'm going to make it so that their bodies can't support their heads. <laughs> hmm, interesting. Not in the, oh, look, their head lol type of way, but like, <laughs> rip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I, I guess on that note, we should just go ahead
0: and go into the final thoughts and talk about some of these things then. that That's my guess on this.
2: Yeah,
1: we could do that. Or we could talk about the Anihilus bugs because, yeah, they're just bugs. And even inside the bugs, they're just egg sacs filled with more bugs that are explosives. I don't know. It is very much the, huh, the Denzins of the negative realm really need yeah uh, more fire. More fire. There needs to be more fire there, mm-hmm. Johnny. <laughs> The bugs are going to keep on coming. The bugs are yep. bad. Let's
0: talk about the final thoughts. Let's talk about the gallery of greatness. What piece of art in this book needs to be pinned to our walls? Let's talk about some joke stuff. My first joke one here is... <laughs> it's kind of in the middle of the book here. This is where they have finally made it to New World. And mm-hmm. they're they're having a discussion about what, happ- what caused New World to get created. And they say, well, humanity went downhill... And Galactus says, well, can you fix this? And Reed starts thinking through all the things he did. And one of the things he did with the alternate reeds is he visited this wheat field that's feeding all mm-hmm. the worlds. And I, uh, the Reed said, I have hundreds of worlds like this. Take uh, take a look now. Pretend there's no horizon. So I saw this picture, and I just thought, is this heaven? No, Reed. It's just alternate Kansas. <laughs> <Imagine>
1: <laughs> I don't know can- why. Imagine Kansas for as far as the eye can see. And then Reed just goes, so you mean like regular Kansas? No, no. Is
0: this heaven? No, Reed. It's just an it's alternate Kansas. Kansas. It's, it's, it's it's a field of <laughs> dreams, Reed. It's a field of dreams.
1: I like it. I like it. What do that. you have? What do you have Let's this joke one? My joke backup one is on Marvel Unlimited, page 21, and I call it a boy and his ball, which happens to be a bomb.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this one's my top one. Hey, my, I call fun. that one, something wrong with that boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, this is the, a small middle left panel, and it's, just, it's Bentley kissing his bomb ball and uh, saying, I love you. And it's just hilarious to me. because There it's is like,
0: something wrong with that boy.
1: No, it's mm. just, he created a bomb and he's just, he, he loves his technology and he, I, I'm assuming he sees it as like his pets, but pets have purposes and this pet's purpose is to blow up. So <laughs> yeah, it just cracked me up. I like that. What's your top one? My top joke one is on the page before page 20 and I call it kid stuff, which is Val and Bentley making bombs and guns and handing and Ben a big gun. <laughs> It's just kids stuff, you know. It's the things that kids do. It's kid stuff—building blocks that shoot Here, bullets.
0: Here's all the cool stuff we built, and it's um, it's stuff to go boom.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I, I know. I like a Val's, all, yeah. Val's making it, and Ben's all, "What is it?" And Bentley's all, "Oh, it's a nasty piece of work, and it's got very you know, variable particle injectors, infrared tracking, rotating power course." Bentley, I don't know what it's a gun, giant gun, Uncle Ben. It's a giant gun. <laughs> it's yep. great. Yep. So, my backup good art,
0: it's on page 20 or something like that, uh, or probably about page 19, 20 or something like After Galactus has said, you know, I'm, g- I'm going to start eating this planet, and mm-hmm. Reed oh. and, and Ted and Elisa, they, they start running away from Galactus, and I named That's this one – yeah, I, I said, Galactus starts eating. Go Thunderbirds! <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, nice. I called it, then do what you must, as will I. Because that's what Galactus said as he just... And he's not even doing the conversion of the planet. He's raw-dogging this planet yeah. big time. Because normally he uses his machinery and sets it up, and so that way he gets a much more efficient uh, energy consumption of a planet. Oh. No, he's all, nah, screw it. I'm doing this the old-fashioned way. I'm just, I'm just absorbing it. Is it efficient? It is not. Is this wasteful? Yes, it is. Don't yep. care. Eating the planet made off the energy of my corpse. I'm going to eat you.
0: Yeah. Does it's that just, make it, him a, a cannonball? All right, okay, uh, let's move yeah, on. There's a whole discussion so, on that. <laughs> what is your backup good art, then, if that was your best one?
1: My best. Backup best one is on page 15 of Marvel Unlimited. So it was just before the one that me and Rick were talking about. And I call it Death's Head Read. It is on the right hand panel. It's a small, you know, it's a smaller one, medium sized panel, whatever. And it is Galactus just said, I'm going to eat your planet. And Ted's like, oh, the gateway to Earth located at the wheel remains operational. We could get as many people through at that as possible. Now the shadowing, you know, and he's t- telling you that to Reed, the shadowing on Reed, half of his face is Reed. The other half is, it's suggestive of it, but it's very skullhead. It's a skull face. and it's very much just the this is Reed's moment to choose life or death for these people. Because he could just say, because Galactus has just told the surfer to go. It's like, okay, take him back yeah. to the ship. Yeah, and I just like that because it's very, very subtle, and it may not have even been intentional. It's just shading, you know, shadowing on on Reed, but it looks very Death's Head, and I see it as very much a very big. It is a it is a tipping point for him at this point to decide: Does New World live? Does New World die? Do I just go and save my own planet, or try and possibly, possibly try and save my planet, or do I put that to the risk? And hazard trying to save a New World as well. And I'm like, that's it it, it. it might just be my own interpretation of it, but it's it 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 was powerful to me. Well,
0: my top good art is on the final page, and I just call uh, it yeah. knock knock. And this is where they have failed, that the bugs have come around and they have boom blasted the the shield, and there's just all of these Bugs and horrible creatures from Annihilus coming crawling out, and it is just vicious and nasty looking.
1: It is really is because yeah, there's there's a lot of bugs, and yeah, they're pretty creepy looking, and it it it, just, it screams a nasty situation. Yep. Yeah, yep. knock yep. knock.
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: very so, much knock knock. It's let's good. talk
0: about some rubber and glue moments. What was the best or most childish insult in here? And I was I was actually having. Hard time with this actually. I, I've only got one list here, so you know, maybe we got a couple more. What do you have for your backup one?
1: My backup one is on page seven, and this is when Reed sees Alyssa and he's all, Oh, Alyssa, Ben and Johnny told me that you had been killed, but you look well, you look just fine. Oh, I'm far beyond that, Reed. This new Alyssa Moy 20, you know, 2512 body is the perfect container for my reassembled persona. It's still me, just better than ever. And Reed's response to that is, "Cool,
0: yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool, yeah. robot girl, yeah. yeah." Because she also pops her robot extremities, and she's got like a cyclops eye, and just I don't know, yeah. Uh, something coming out of her shoulders is just, it's just—it's just kind of like—it's just like, oh, this beautiful woman who I once dated and and had affections for. Hi, Achi Machi. Yeah, you you, you got you, you rode some rough roads. So, <laughs> so <laughs> things just, been like, bad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but I just love, I just—he's not excited. He's just, cool. <laughs> so
0: my only one that I found was on the first page, and it was where. One of the kings of old Atlantis is saying, "Namer has murdered Ulhar, so he must die. He was a fool to do so when we so clearly outnumbered him." Calling mm-hmm. Namor a fool—that takes some um, <laughs> some pretty big barnacles, there, buddy.
1: Yeah, that does. I, I did see that one, but I didn't pick that one. I can tell you my top one. You please I can tell do. tell my top rubber and glue. This is when Galactus has said, okay, hey, yeah, you can go and try and save Earth. Go on back to the ship. But right now, I hunger. It Very much the intimation of, I'm going to eat your planet. And Ted's all, what? No, there's six billion people on this world. You cannot kill all of them. Galactus's response is, who tests God and does not wager their life? A price will be paid.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. A bit of an ultimatum there. Ultimatum. Mm -hmm. Is good. Is good. I like that a lot.
0: Time for Parent of the Year. The Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. Who had a good parenting moment or a bad parenting moment in this book? Uh, I've got a good one here. Uh, I'm going to say Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm stood up and he worried about the kids when the attack came. So, attack's coming. Where are the kids?
1: We got to protect the kids. I thought that was a good parenting moment. He was an awesome parenting moment. I I had somebody for bad and I pulled them and then I was going to do Ben for good parent because he at one point he even said, daddy's got to work, you know, move out the way. Daddy's got to yep. work. I'm like, that's awesome. That's total parenting. Awesome. I decided not to go with him, though. But amazing choice. Excellent choice. I fully am on board with it. But I went for Sue. Okay. We discussed it before. She stalemated everybody. She's putting everybody into their corner. She's still trying to get everybody to get along. She's trying to recover from... She's hosting a child's birthday party, and it's falling to pieces. But she's still trying to keep it working. So I was impressed with Sue on that. But Ben is a great choice. All right. Ben is a great choice. So, I, I, we were both going for good parenting moments. And <laughs> you picked Ben, I picked Sue, but Ben was on my list. I also had a bad parent, but you know, they'll pop up later.
0: Yeah. Let's go ahead and talk most popular and most shunned. We want to identify the character who was the best and who was the worst in this issue. Let's talk about the worst. Mm-hmm. I went ahead and said Bentley. And here's mm. why he made one bomb. <laughs> one bomb. One yeah. bomb. Yeah. I I am all on board for Bentley stepping up and doing something. Dude made
1: one bomb. <laughs> one bomb. <laughs> then the You have one job. You didn't do it. So Bentley He did one, He did one job, which was make one bomb. It, uh, the backwash over that made Johnny have to protect Val as well that kept him from from flaming the hordes. So, yeah. <laughs> he he Bentley when he threw his bomb, he threw it danger close. <laughs> So a, Bentley's a great choice.
0: Yep. What else do you got there, buddy?
1: I picked Alex. Because of the uh, bugs. In part, Alex did flat up murder some aliens, Yeah, you know, and then just was telling people, it's like, it's cool. They're just bugs. We can murder these. Okay. So it was in one hand. Awesome. Alex was there. He stepped up. He did a thing. He saved the Moloids. Thumbs up. Kudos. Then he justifies it by like, they're not people, they're bugs, we can squish their heads. And then later on, it shows him at the gate with the kids, and he's not squishing more bugs. So not only did he justify his murder, he then didn't continue his murder train. And it frustrated (laughs) me, because I would have liked to have seen him to just have some convictions with his murder. If he's gonna kill, be a killer. Alex, you didn't murder enough, what's wrong with you? (laughs) He murdered too much. But then he didn't murder enough. He's not he, he needed to Wolverine that action. He you know <laughs> it's just like if Kitty Pride stabbed a guy in the heart you'd be just heartbroken it would be uh, just wrench you to pieces. But if Wolverine killed an entire ninja clan in in a, in a in a cut panel you'd be like, "Yes." So Alex, he hit two tipping points and one was murder is too bad. It murder bad and you did too much murder and then he did he didn't hit that other tipping point which is like The most murder is the best murder you could do in this situation. (laughs) So he's my bad kid. He's my shunned. All right. For those reasons.
0: All right. Let's talk about best, most popular. I actually went with Reed this time. Dealing with Galactus is tricky, and you have to be careful. And I don't know anyone who could have threaded that any better than Reed did.
1: Yeah, I can see that. That's a good choice.
0: Reed had an opportunity there to say, well, can you fix the world? Well, the egotistical thing is... Yeah, of course I can. But Reed actually had to think it through. Can I fix all the things that are going on? Yeah, I think I think we can do this. I think we can do this.
1: And he he, was, it was along the lines where he's like, I'm pretty sure I can. And even if I can't, I think I can fix another part that would keep that from going on. The cost for this, though, which Galactus says is necessary. Yeah. You're going to pay whatever the bill comes up. Yeah, You got to pay that. So what
0: do you have? What uh, is your best? Who is your most popular?
1: Well, Stretcho, the way that I always go is when daddy's got to work, daddy's got to work. So daddy took off his work gloves and went to work or he put his work gloves on. Whatever. I did a bed I did a Benjamin Grimm thing.
0: Okay. So, so he, Ben. Grimm. So
1: Ben. Ben. Yeah, Ben. ben. I was th- So Ben, pretty simple. We talked about it a bunch. There's why. I like Ben. Okay.
0: All right. Well, we can go with that. I think now that we've got those people ranked, we need to rank the books. Top grade, we need to evaluate each issue against other issues with some members of Power Pack in them. So we've got Uncanny X-Men number 205, Wounded Wolf, still at the top of the list. Down at spot number 8, we've got The Loners, volume 1, number 4. That's where Julie becomes an actress for a hot second. Further down on number spot 15, Runaways, volume 2, number 2. Runaways hunt down Victor, and he discovers that he's got powers. Oh, no! Down at the last spot, we've got Loner's number five. That's where Phil loses it.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: like I said, this is not bad. Prior it's issue bad. that we had covered was 580, five, 585. Which and is in spot one, number
1: three.
0: Yeah, but that one was pretty high.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think this one's a bit lower. I think that this probably is a bit more in line with... Oh, it's somewhere between spot number 11, that's the Franklin's birthday, and the Founding of Future Foundation. Somewhere between there.
1: Hmm. Okay. So spot 7 and spot 11. The Founding of Future Foundation had a lot of arrogant read, which is always kind of annoying. But it was decent because it set up a bunch of stuff.
0: You know what? I I think... I, I, I like I said, this is good. It's just mm-hmm. they're they're trucking along at this point. Yeah. And we've got Loners Number One. That's where Maddie convinces Chris to hunt down drug makers. I think that this is just above this, but I think that this is I, I think there's a bit more to Runaways Volume Two number six. That's where the kids defeat Ultron.
1: I could see that. Yeah. This this has more meat to it than Franklin's birthday party. Yeah. Yeah, I could see this as the the new spot ten. Yeah, I can see that. That works.
0: All right. We'll put that in spot number 10. It's a good showing. It's a good book. It's a good issue. Oh, yeah. And I know it's setting up something big in the next one. So I'm interested to see what we do with the next one.
1: As I do with all these, I've read this multiple times now in the last couple of weeks. And yeah, it's decent. I at no point was like, eh, time to skip this part. It was like, yeah, it's all interesting. So it's a good read. Let's talk about our beers now. What Mm -hmm. do we think about the beer? How did you like Reverse World? You remember an hour ago when I said this is probably going to rank in my fine category? Still fine? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it makes me... Eh, yeah, right there. It makes me make a little bit of a face. Yeah. Whatever it is about it, it there, there's some things that are near to being pleasant for me, but a lot of it is near pleasant, but closer to not pleasant, so it's fine. I am drinking it. I'm going to finish this. Would I drink it again? Yeah, probably. Would I still make the same faces? Yes. Three is right in the middle of the road. I'm going to go a 2.5 for it.
0: Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say it's a 3.5. I'm enjoying a little bit more than that. So yeah.
1: That's easy. We figured that one out. And you know what else we should figure out? And that's where Rick talks to his now 12-year-old daughter, she's a tween, about the book that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away, my birthday girl. Hello, Carrie.
2: Hello, Daddy. How are you doing today? Good, and you? I'm all
0: right, especially since we get to talk about another Fantastic Four comic book. What are you thinking about this one?
2: Uh, cool. (laughs) Cool.
0: What did you like? What didn't you like about it?
2: I don't even know if I didn't like anything about it. It was just okay. It was um.
0: What about the story intrigued you?
2: It was cool to see Alex use his powers for the first time in the series, I think.
0: <laughs> okay. So how did Alex use his powers? What did he do?
2: Did he like turn them inside out or something?
0: Pretty much. He destroyed, he killed, he decimated these bugs, right? Yeah. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Why is it okay that he did that?
2: Okay, actually, I'm not okay, because um, that meant there's, like, little egg sacks, and then there's more of them.
0: Okay, besides that, he killed something. He killed what looks like sentient light. Is is that okay, though? Do you mind that he did that?
2: In, in reality, it probably wasn't okay, but...
0: But why did he do it?
2: Because uh, some of his friends are were in trouble, and yeah.
0: So he did it to save his friends, right? Yeah. You think that's okay? Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> what else did you like about this book?
2: Got to see more in the name or story.
0: Yeah, what did you take away from his reasons for killing that king?
2: They were going to kill Susan. Uh-huh. And there's like a long history of war or something between them.
0: Yeah, Namor has a lot more information about these old kings and understands why they do the things that they do, right? So he's expecting things to be really, really bad.
2: Yeah. And Susan's just doing a portal around the castle, the kingdom, whatever. So no one goes in and no one goes out <laughs> and such.
0: And she's trying to keep Namor's forces out and make sure that they're... She's trying to keep the peace is what she's trying to do.
2: hmm
0: What else? Is there anything else that really strikes you about this book at all?
2: There's like three storylines, aren't there? Yeah, there, there is.
0: What about the storyline that Reed's doing? What can you take from that?
2: Galactus found out that in the future he's going to die. So be killed by these new world people. Mm -hmm. And so he sets out to find the new world and then he eats.
0: Well, he gives Reed a small chance to get everybody off the planet, and then he starts Mm -hmm. to destroy it, right? Yeah. So there's a lot going on, and we're going into the next issue, and we think something bad's going to happen in the next issue, right? Yeah. Are you excited about it?
2: Sure! Because bad (laughs) things is interesting. It's better than people being, like, sitting around all day and having good things happen to them.
0: You're becoming a little bloodthirsty.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, something's Bad, normally always gonna happen in comic books. That's Especially fair, superhero that's fair. ones.
0: Yeah, okay, okay, that's fair. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't think so. Alright, thank you very much for your time, Carrie.
2: Okay. I love you. <laughs> love you too. Mwah.
1: Thank you so much, Carrie. I hope you had a wonderful birthday, and we love it that you join us on the show. out time!
0: We'd like to recognize those listeners that take time to write in or leave us a review, and this is for episode 119... Featuring Fantastic Four, 580, the Fantastic Four. They go see Impossible, man. <laughs> and we got some <laughs> likes and retweets from Clinton Robeson and his podcast, Coffee and Comics and Fan Film Fridays.
1: Matthew Birdsey.
0: Tim Price, the Podcrasher, and the Outcasters podcast.
1: Waffles and his podcast, Waffles and Mates Talk About Things. We also like to thank those
0: lovely individuals who give us a little bit of cash in order to do our shows and Help us out on our Patreon That includes Adorably astonishing And amazing Andrew Burns Cheerfully
1: cheeky And charming Char Logan Challenging cheesy And chuckling Charles Gears Destructive And devastatingly delightful Damien Witter Dynamically dangerous And devious Doug Jones Exciting Energetic And entertaining Edward Verroche Intelligent Interesting And innovative Isaac Perry jesting, joking And jovial Jeff Polier, Just jealous And jeweled Jeremy Da Muscly mighty And meticulous Matthew Birdsey Mythical and magnificently monologued. Matthew Laserwitz. rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher
0: steely salty and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray tyrannically terrifying and tame Tim Price technically terrific
1: and triumphant Todd Knock. way way wordy and wobbly waffles weird and wonderfully wacky Wind. Next issue we're going to cover Fantastic Four Volume One Number Five Eighty Seven, The Last Stand. Be sure to check out my other show, Monthly Monday Movie
0: Muck about on the Long Box Crusade. Podcast
1: Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack.
0: Jeff and RickPresent is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recording for the live studio audience of a coaster for fast enterprises in Portland, Oregon. If you'd like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Rick Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Rick Present, our email address, Jeff and Rick Present all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Also our YouTube channels at Jeff and Rick
1: and if you would like to help support our show we are on patreon you can find us at patreon.com jeff and rick present, all one word we are also a proud supporter of the hero initiative and we will be donating 10 percent of our patreon donations to this great cause we encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content Go to heroinitiative.org to find out more.
0: Please rate review us wherever you can, tell your friends about us, or share your love for us on social
1: media. And as always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife Cindy and our daughter Carrie. My fiancée Hillary and our daughter Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time, costumes, costumes off. off.
0: Our theme music is Amy's Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Video Dungeon Crawl by Kevin McLeod. All music is found in the and is licensed in a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0
2: license. He
1: said fantasy language. It's fantasy violence. I like fantasy language. It's like we gotta warn the kids about it. They might be speaking Elvish. Slunk! This is the persona of that woman, now in a now in a synth.
2: Slunk! Make way for the master.
1: <laughs> Spiked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. Slunk. Hmm. Looks like terror and preparing a. It's gonna be a good night. Hmm. Looks like terror and preparing to eat. <sighs> Slunk. Premature posthumous
0: position. So close posthumous. Slunk. From Clinton Robinson. Hmm.